0: Coming up on Tech News Today, Alex Levinson tells us the truth about what's going on with that iPhone location file everybody's talking about. Also, Linux and Google guilty in court, and Tetris using a Kinect and a Wiimote for an augmented reality full body experience. All that and more coming up. Netcasts you love
1: from people you trust.
0: This. this. is Tech News Today for Thursday, April 21st, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Slingbox, which just turned your iPad into a television. Slingbox introduces their new iPad app, so now you can watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you take it. Check it out at Best Buy or Slingbox.com slash twit. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Aya Zaxar. And I'm Jason Howell. We still have Sarah Lane in the uh, in the script. I should have read that, should I? should have just, yeah. I'm like, it threw me off.
2: Okay, I'm Sarah Plus Lane. you're not
0: Sarah. Sarah's on vacation. She's out in Hawaii having a good time, watching her boyfriend sleep and drinking Mai Tais. And that's what's said on her Twitter, anyway. Uh, but we're happy uh, to have with us today Sasha Segan, lead
1: analyst for mobile at PCMag.com. Welcome, Sasha. Wait a minute. I didn't know I was replacing Sarah Lane. Wait a minute here.
0: Well, you no, know, Iaz is replacing Sarah Lane. You're, you're, you're off the hook. You're good. Okay. You're replacing me,
2: so...
1: Yeah, much easier That's shoes something to. I think I can handle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you, yeah, we were talking before the show, you guys were briefly co-workers.
2: Yeah, we worked together at PC Mag for a while. Sasha is a walking like encyclopedia when it comes to all things mobile and in general is an expert. Uh, so I asked? Yes. Define a little while. I worked at PC Mag <laughs> for about 3-4 months. <laughs> Something like that. And then you came. Then again. somehow I got a job somewhere else. Yeah,
0: somewhere like, else. Yeah. Well, well we're, happy, we're happy to have both of you <laughs> yeah, on the show yeah, I'm, today. I'm thrilled that Sasha's here. Let's start with the Texas jury finding against Google in a Linux patent case. This is a rather complex but potentially unsettling story. Uh, in 2006, a company called Bedrock Computer Technologies sued Yahoo, Amazon, PayPal, AOL, Google, several other companies uh, for patent infringement, uh, infringing a patent they filed in 1997. They say their patent covers methods and apparatus for information storage and retrieval using a hashing technique with external chaining and on the fly removal of expired data. So what this means is anybody using Linux in an operation could be sued by bedrock computers Mm -hmm. if the court finds in their favor. This is a famous court for finding in favor of patents, right, Sasha?
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw this story, I was like, oh, there goes the Eastern District of Texas again. Um, The Eastern District of Texas is well known for always finding in favor of the plaintiff in a patent dispute. And then it gets appealed, and then the real adjudication happens. So... um, I, I don't know what this necessarily says about whether this will succeed at the next level. Like, how real is their complaint?
0: Yeah, it, it's hard to tell at this point. It does, definitely has some open source advocates worried, though. Uh, not that this is over by any stretch, because it will be appealed. Uh, but, and Google could easily afford $5 million, which is what the fine is in this case. But it has major implications for Linux in general. Uh, they identified a part of the Linux kernel.
2: Well, As I mean, violating a patent. If, if Google doesn't even want to bother with this, they could try to rewrite that part out, or try to replace it with it's something. It's the kernel,
0: else. though. That's the that's that's the big problem. This isn't a part of a distro They're where they could kind of write around it. This is this is the part that's managed by. I think it's still managed by Linus. I know he delegates a lot of that these days, but it's the heart and soul of this thing. So it affects it, potentially everybody who uses this. Red Hat is right in here, filing briefs and friend of the court briefs because. Red Hat Linux is the flavor that a lot of folks use who are being sued.
2: Now, assuming this actually stands, let's say this thing holds up and it appeals and everything, that means either people will have to pay a license to Bedrock or they're going to have to like come up with some other deal because there's no like you were saying if this is in the kernel, what else are you going to do? You're you gonna have, have to, to rewrite, rewrite the kernel the thing and then well, you,
0: at least part of it. It won't be Linux anymore, would
2: it? Well, it would.
0: I mean, you just have to, you'd have to do a lot of work on the kernel. Uh, you know, which has far reaching complications. I, and I don't even pretend to know what they are. We should have got Randall Schwartz on uh, to explain this. I, I imagine that they're going to talk about this on FLOSS. Yeah, and as Sasha, an Sasha
2: was saying, this is a court notorious for holding for patent holders. So we're going to find out what happens with the appeal. Yeah, it's not over yet. Uh, Amazon, however, is <laughs> not over,
0: but it's having problems today. And it's been having problems since early this morning uh, with a data center in Northern Virginia. For their EC2 service, EC2 is an elastic storage, which means a lot of companies use it to store data. They may host their website somewhere else, but they store the data in EC2, uh, and a lot of them even host their website right off of EC2. So Foursquare, Hootsuite, Reddit, Quora, Many, many other uh, companies impacted. All down uh, earlier this morning, and Reddit up in read-only mode right now. They they can only show their site. They can't actually process requests because that database is sitting there on a server in EC2
2: that isn't accessible. That is one angry user group. i just thinking about Reddit. Reddit's a, a great site. I like to go to that. But if you go to the status.aws.amazon page, you can see Amazon battling with what's going on. They haven't actually explained what's going on in North Virginia where they're. Database uh, or the servers are that is. It's just a bunch of like updates saying we continue to work on restoring access, and then it says despite continued effort to, uh, by the team to resolve the issue, we have not made any meaningful progress, and this just goes on. This is being updated. Uh, the last time it was updated was 2:35, so three minutes ago, Pacific time. Yeah. Um, we've restored access to the majority of RDS Multi AZ, so I mean, it's still showing it as a red bar. We don't know if, when this stuff's going to be fixed. We recommend Something the customer. Something really struck me here. Yeah, was,
1: go ahead. Sasha. Uh, no, I was I was just wondering, like, so there are all these big sites. This is mission critical for all of them, and they don't have distributed redundant servers. They don't have backups they can fall back to. All of Reddit is in one location in Northern Virginia. Seriously?
0: That's uh, yeah. You know what? And I think that's the idea. Is hey, we'll have EC2 do it because EC2 has redundant servers and they won't go down. Uh, <laughs> we'll outsource the redundancy to them. That's that's one of the promises of EC2 is that this sort of thing won't happen because of the elasticity of the storage, because of the redundancy of the storage. I'm able to to up and down the amount of storage that I have. It gives me a lot of flexibility. Uh, I don't have to sit there and, and create new servers or order new servers uh, because Amazon will just take care of it for me. So I, I don't know what kind of data link issues they, they're having here, what kinds of, of Storage issues they're having here, but they're in for a world of hurt even after they get this done because it's it's bad PR for them.
2: And yeah, Dr. Mom in the chat room is also mentioning it's not just sites like Reddit and Quora. We're talking about medical information sites are also down. So a lot of people, a lot of companies are you know have their eggs in this basket, and this is uh, kind of a mess.
0: Also, a mess is people's reaction to the iPhone location data that we talked about yesterday. Uh, th- this is that database uh, that it, that was. Uh, described by a couple of presenters at WHERE 2.0. Uh, Alex Levinson, who works at the Rochester Institute of Technology in Western New York, uh, had a good blog posting up today kind of telling people, look, these, there are issues with this so-called discovery. And he joins us now. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's good to have you on.
3: Thank you very much.
0: So, Alex, I, I, was, I was heartened to see you bringing some sense to this. Uh, essentially, what you're saying is that Apple is not collecting this data it stays on your phone uh this isn't new and it's not even necessarily hidden uh and the discovery as we mentioned yesterday was published a long time ago this is this has been known in the forensics world so so tell me a little bit more about what is going on here what actually is in this database
3: Okay, so this database is a collection of logs that your baseband radio in your phone, your 802.11 radio, and other devices are aggregating data to. Uh, the file itself is an SQLite database. Um, anybody who watched the Wear 2.0 presentation, it's pretty much exactly what they said it is. It's a database of information about where you've been and stuff like that that's collected anytime you come into contact with an AP, with a uh, you know a CMDA tower or something like that.
0: So does this communicate with Apple? I mean, I've seen some people saying that it, it, it gets backed up on, on Apple's uh, end or, or that it goes and it reports back to Apple. Or, or is this so, something that just stays on the phone?
3: So from my research, I have not found any instances where it is getting taken off the phone. Um, after I released that today, I had communications with F-Secure um, and their CRO about some research they had done in it. They dug up a legal description of what is actually happening with it. Um, There's actually, once every 12 hours, there's a sliver of data, has all ties to identification, so it doesn't identify to your phone, it doesn't identify to you as the user. It basically identifies the wireless transmission point, whether that's a tower or an AP, uh, and the latitude and longitude of it. That gets sent to Apple, a tiny sliver of it, this document being very large, it is not sent to Apple in any way.
0: The other issue here that I've also heard people talk about is that this is a bug, that it's really just mm-hmm. a, a cache file that isn't erasing itself properly. Does that seem likely?
3: To me, no. I think Apple's a pretty good engineering firm. Uh, if this was a bug, it would be a pretty big bug, and uh, it's not something I'd expect out of them. I, I think there's probably a reason behind why they're keeping this file the way it is. Um, I've heard different speculation. Uh, I've got ideas myself, but at the end of the day, no one really knows about Apple. Um, do, but,
0: what, what do we have to worry about? I mean, obviously, the, the, the best protection you can take is to, to choose encryption in iTunes so that this thing is encrypted. If somebody did get a hold of your laptop, your computer, your phone, and, and you were worried about them finding this data, it would be encrypted. Uh, but is there anything else that you should be concerned with that could be done with this data?
3: Uh, don't jailbreak your phone. Um, you know, the, the jailbreaking community is one that prides itself sometimes on security, but at the same time, when you jailbreak your device, you're opening yourself up to malicious attack. It's the same story with Windows XP versus Vista and 7. You know, in XP, you could log in as administrator and just run that. That was fine. And, you know, 7 and, and stuff, you're, you're a normal privilege. You're not a privileged user. And you have to authenticate to do things. When you jailbreak your phone, you essentially just run your phone as administrator, and that leaves all sort of privilege problems um, that could lead to that database being siphoned out of your device.
2: All right, any other questions, uh, Sasha or Iaz, that you have before we let uh, Alex go? No, I think that was great. Uh, just one minor quibble on your post. Uh, you talked about the electronic devices tracking in California law. I, th- I took a look at that. I think that is only attached to vehicles. Other than that, it's a great post. I think everyone should check it out and see that, well, maybe you shouldn't jailbreak your phone, one. And two, this isn't as big a deal as as people think right now.
1: I actually looked at the data in my phone uh, from uh, some of the periods last summer, and one of the things that surprised me was how wildly wrong some of these location points are. Uh, like it had, me doing a, it, it had me basically doing a road trip 50 miles away from where I was at one particular time. And I'm just wondering, uh, Alex, if you know, why would the data points be so inaccurate?
3: The speculation there is that the... Uh it's not actually pointing where you are but to where the tower or the transmission point is actually located it's trying to identify where that transmission point is if that makes sense what would be
0: the what would be the usefulness of of that kind of data separate from tracking actual gps location data
3: well my theory of it is is you know battery use is, is a big thing on these devices um It's a lot of battery power to power all the radios in it. And when you're sitting there having background services, remember this came out Mm -hmm. with iOS 4 when background location services came on, Um, that means it's trying to use radios all the time if you were to say that radios were the main mechanism for GPS. Now, if it started to cache all this data, it might make sense to say that, okay, maybe Apple is not using the radios all the time. They're using a few radios sporadically getting data about where it might be at, and then trying to correlate that against previous data it had stored in that database. Uh, That would take a lot less battery power to process that on the CPU than to sit there with a bunch of radios all the time and try and do a constant GPS. And that
0: does make, I mean, that would make sense. We don't know that for sure, as you say, but there's been a lot of other speculation in other arenas about the iPhone's battery life being tied to that kind of management, knowing when to turn that radio on and off. Alex, exactly. we, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, any, anything else you want to throw in before we let you go?
3: Uh, no, no, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me, guys.
0: Alex Levinson, student at RIT and CTO, lead engineer of Katana Forensics. Uh, thanks again for being on Tech News today.
3: Thank you. Take care.
0: All right. Let's take a uh, quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about how Apple might be beating Google on cloud music. Uh, but first, I want to thank our sponsor, Slingbox, for helping to bring tech news today to you. Uh, Slingbox introduces their new iPad app. We got it running right now. I'm keeping an eye on General Hospital while I do the show. This is this is the uh, this is actually Colin's iPad uh, in his home. I. I, I Left my iPad at home on the day of the Slingbox ad. How awful am I? But, but this, have this is uh, this is coming from his home television streaming over the internet right to the iPad. Good resolution. I can uh, I can change the channel. I can uh, bop around. Uh, I can watch my home TV. Anything I get, I can watch my DVR recorded programs. Any subscription channels I subscribe to. Anything at all on my iPad on my iPhone even on my BlackBerry you can find slingbox or see a demo at Best Buy check it out at slingbox.com slash twit slingbox in your home TV now appearing on iPads everywhere so writers came out with a story just uh, before we came down here saying that Apple has reached a uh, or completed work on an online music storage service and is set to launch it ahead of Google uh, whose own music efforts we've talked about being stalled. Uh, the, it looks like the talks between Google and the record industry is breaking down. Apple's plan would allow iTunes customers to store their songs on a remote service and then a remote server and then access them wherever they have an internet connection. Does this sound familiar?
2: Sounds interesting, except there's one problem, isn't there? What's the problem? I, it seems that Apple doesn't have any new licenses to actually stream music. Over the cloud.
0: Well, that that is later on in the story. Uh, it does say that Apple has yet to sign any new licenses for the service, and major yeah. music labels are hoping to secure deals before the service is launched. So
1: let's. Well, that's the, the thing. Apple has had this. Apple has had this basic technology for a year now since they bought Lala. Uh, what we're talking about is the Lala technology. Now, presumably, Apple has finished integrating it into Mobile But as anyone who knows about Spotify will tell you, the big challenge. with with cloud music is signing those label licenses. It's not the technology.
0: Although Apple could be looking at what Amazon's doing and saying, hey, they just started allowing people to put music in the cloud and
2: slapped a player on it. Maybe we should do that too. They put it together with mobile me, a little cloud storage, and put your own apps up i not your apps, your actual music up there. Maybe. It just seems like it's it seems like a technological problem keeping all that storage. I mean, I thought Amazon would have this problem and I'm sure Apple will have the problem, but the fact that this, this story makes me kind of laugh. I mean, they're ahead of Google, yeah, because Google's having, like, a terrible, a terrible time negotiating. What were the words we used to describe it? The talks were going backwards. I mean, the, the music industry was really ticked off at Google about this. So, I mean, Apple should be able to do this. They have a lot of, you know, might when it comes to, you know, strong-arming strong arming when it comes to the music industry. But uh, maybe the industry just doesn't want to play ball. Do you,
0: Sasha, do you think that, that Apple just has enough chutzpah to go ahead and, and push something? Or, or do, you think, do you think they need to wait and play nice with the labels?
1: I think Apple wants to push the labels forward. But I think if they push too hard, they're just going to end up wrapped up in lawsuits. Uh, the RIAA loves to sue. The mm. labels love to sue. Is that a fight that Apple necessarily wants to take on? I don't think they necessarily do. Um, I mean, the the big issue here is that it feels like the labels have not decided how much money they want or in what context they want it uh, for these streaming and, and cloud concepts. And until that happens, none of it's ever going to happen here.
0: Yeah, I, I'm skeptical about this idea, but Reuters isn't going to report a story unless they have Sources that they believe in. So trying to, you know, divine like what's the reality lying behind the rumor. Uh, I th- I think Sasha nailed it, which is they finally figured out they finally finished integrating La La into Mobile Me and it's ready to go. But I, I think that's far from saying they're ready to pull the trigger on
2: it. Yeah, that and the music industry actually has a lot more competition out there. They can be like, yeah, maybe we will deal with Amazon. Maybe we will deal with Google because it used to be that iTunes was like the first legal mainstream way to get music. And now there's a lot of competition. So now they actually have more power. I mean, we've seen changes in the iTunes store, like variable pricing. Remember how long that took for the music industry to get that in, but they got it in eventually. So, I mean, maybe they just have a lot more uh, leverage this time.
0: Another piece of speculation taken the blogs by Storm Pete Rojas over at GadgetGDGT.com uh, uh, put a posting up today saying it's an open secret Amazon is working on an Android tablet. And I think he means we've all been speculating on this for a while saying, hey, it's likely there's lots of sources, lots of leaks. Yeah, or he knows something. Uh, but he, he's more certain, in fact, he says he's 99% certain that Samsung is Amazon's partner on this. Uh, and he speculates that Amazon would, would use a stripped-down Android, similar to what Barnes & Noble uses on the Nook, to come out with a, a kind of a media tablet that would be not just books, but music and video, uh, and be priced around 250
2: bucks. Well, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Amazon does have an Android store already, so they would build that in. They have all this media sitting around. I mean, And, and there is no uh, Amazon Prime, I guess, watch instantly device, I mean app on iOS or Android just yet. So it seems like if they saved it for their own tablet, it seems logical. And then again, this idea that Samsung would be the the provider. mean Samsung provides, well, for everybody, right? I think they made the next S. Or let's see, who else could possibly make a tablet for these guys? LG,
1: because they make everything. And HTC, who also makes everything. Sasha, what do do you think? Well, Samsung is the world's largest consumer electronics company, and Samsung is always willing to take on a new idea. Uh, One of the things I like that and that entertains me about Samsung is if uh, you talk to Samsung people and they have five different ideas well they just make all of them and they see which one works so um, I can I can absolutely see them developing this tablet for Amazon and obviously Amazon has to go in this direction uh, because as you guys say they have a lot of media properties that they'd like to bring together and also Probably, most importantly, Barnes & Noble already went in that direction. And Amazon doesn't want to get left behind. They don't want the world moving to nook color and them getting stuck uh, talking about how awesome the Kindle's battery life is. Yeah, I
0: I think a Kindle color uh, that that threw in the fact that Amazon... Could almost do a Chrome OS situation where you log in and you have an ecosystem. With Chrome OS, the idea is you have your Gmail and your productivity and your documents. But Amazon could say, look, you log in on our tablet and you've got your media world there. You've got videos. You've got, if you're an Amazon Prime member, streaming videos. Or you can, or you can use our on-demand stuff. You can buy music. You can, you can access books. Like we've, we've got your, your world of entertainment right here on a tablet. It's I, I think you're right, Sasha. I think it's very similar to what Barnes and Noble has done, but they've got a lot of lot more oomph behind it to make it compelling. And and it's one of those things where people did tablets for years and years and years till Apple came along and said, "Yeah, but this is the way we're going to do it." I could I could see Amazon possibly pulling that off to a much lesser magnitude, but saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna dominate the cheap end of the market. Let Apple have the top end." Uh, and and we'll we'll cannibalize the bottom end because we're almost there with the Kindle anyway.
2: Yeah, they also have the Kindle DX, which is kind of that oddball large form e-ink uh, a reader. So for that thing to get bumped for a colored tablet doesn't seem that strange, or for a tablet that's in between to that price point. Because so I think it's still around 389. It's pretty expensive to get that large for the DX. The yeah, D, yeah, the DX. So it seems like it would look cheaper comparatively, and it's a good price point if they could get it to 250. And you know they they're willing to cut prices. We've seen what they did with the Kindle going further. Well yeah, and
0: 250 would be uh, above the price of your your average Kindle, which is you know, down around 170. Or if it's
2: ad supported like the other Kindle, they could drop some it prices. It could be 240.
1: Yeah. My big question is how Android-y is this going to be? Is this going to be just a media locker type tablet with Android being this invisible thing in the background powering it? Or is this going to be running apps? Because people keep on saying Android, but there's a lot of different permutations of Android. And sometimes Android is just the, the quiet power in the background.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good question, because a lot of folks thought that when, when the Nook was powered by Android, that we'd see the ability to put apps, and then when they said, we're going to do apps, we thought, hey, we're going to get the marketplace. Well, no, you don't. Uh, you, you get a limited number of apps, and, it, and you don't hear anybody talking about the Barnes & Noble Nook in that way anymore. Or
2: if you try to root it and you try to do it, yeah, you find it doesn't, just that's, the hardware isn't there. Yeah.
0: Moving on to Nokia, uh, their market share has fallen, uh, but it didn't fall as hard as people
2: thought. And so, analysts are pleased. They're pleased that they only lost, let's yeah. see, like 1% of their revenue year uh, after year. Also, as expected, uh,
0: Nokia signed its deal with Microsoft. Microsoft says it, it, they got it early, but kind of expected it during the earnings call. Uh, Nokia will bring mapping and navigation expertise to Microsoft's flat platform. Nokia will also guide the platform's hardware design, uh, which is something they're good at, and contribute towards improving to the operating system's language support, probably... Finish, among others. Microsoft, in turn, is going to give Nokia devices with uh, Nokia devices Bing powered search and access to Redmond's productivity, advertising, gaming, and social media services. In fact, one article I read suspected that uh, Office for Symbian, which has been held up and Thought dead might actually be a reality, even though they're killing Symbian, because Symbian still got a couple of years
2: left. And Elop, the uh, president of Nokia, does have a kind of ties to Microsoft Office, since I think he was head of their division for a couple of years. So maybe he's like, you know, one last thing. Let's let's get that on Symbian before that gets killed off. Uh, uh, Sasha, I'm curious what you think about Nokia and this whole thing. I know you've, you're you're the lead when it comes to mobile stuff. So what do you think about this whole deal?
1: Well, the the Symbian situation and the whole Nokia situation is so delicate right now because uh, they need to prevent their business from completely dropping out from under them. And yet they've said publicly that they are planning to abandon Symbian. So what happens here? And as you said, they need to find some way to keep selling Symbian phones, even though everyone knows Symbian is dying. Well, Microsoft Office for Symbian, various Microsoft apps for Symbian might be one way to do that, absolutely. Um, But it is true that, you know, their focus is shifting to Windows Phone. One of the things I'm most curious about is in what way Nokia is going to be allowed to differentiate. Um, Microsoft has held very tight control over the appearance and features of Windows Phone's from various manufacturers so far, is Nokia going to get treated in a special way? Are they going to get more latitude than the other manufacturers? That's something I'd really like to find out. There's
0: a couple of indications uh, where that might be true. Nokia says they'll open a new application store built on top of the Windows Marketplace infrastructure, uh, creating a single store through which developers can sell to Windows Phone, Symbian, and Series 40 devices. Uh, Now, manufacturers have been allowed to have their own Uh, stores layered over the marketplace up till now but the way this is described Sasha it sounds like Nokia would be getting a much sweeter deal and, and allowed to do a lot of things that other manufacturers have not been allowed to do
1: yeah, HTC, for instance, has their own little, uh, has their own little HTC Hub store, uh, but it's really just a bunch of redirect links to things in the marketplace. If Nokia is actually hosting this or Nokia is operating some of the back end, yeah, that's a different relationship with Microsoft than everyone else has.
0: And the other thing they're getting uh, is a break on the royalty that you pay for Windows Phone 7 because of the large number that they're buying. So Nokia's sending a bunch of cash to Microsoft because if they didn't pay for Windows Phone 7 at all, it would anger every other manufacturer who has to pay Microsoft for Windows Phone 7. But they might get angry anyway because it's a lower price, and Microsoft sending a boatload of cash back to Nokia to make up for it.
2: Sasha, back to the point about customizing Windows Phone 7, what kind of changes do you think Nokia would do to Windows Phone 7 to keep their customers happy?
1: Well, for instance, um, for instance, mapping. Microsoft Nokia talked a lot about how Nokia is going to contribute expertise and contribute, uh, contribute technology to mapping, um, and OVMaps is a lot better than Bing Maps, hugely better than Bing Maps. So does Nokia keep a couple of features to themselves? Do some of those mapping features only appear in Nokia phones and not in HTC phones? Uh, Nokia has relationships. Uh, and music services around the world. Do you see those services appear on Nokia phones and not on HTC phones? You can look at Nokia's existing businesses and say if they contribute these things to, uh, to Windows Phone, what parts of them do they get to keep to themselves?
2: Going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens in the long term. I mean, obviously Symbian is going to die down. I'm, I'm kind of curious if they would do like an emulator kind of thing. You know, like there's a classic. I remember like when Palm kind of did that they had support for their old old applications when they would change OSs. So I wonder if that's what's going to happen with these two.
0: Side note to this: uh, Apple is now the world's largest handset vendor by revenue, uh, passing Nokia thanks to the iPhone. But we've got a few more numbers about the iPhone coming up. But uh, uh, Nokia is also forecasting that it's only going to get worse from here, at least for a quarter or so. That they're in the they're in a rebuilding year. If you don't expect right. them to the win. Playoffs. Don't expect them to win the pennant. But they've got some great young talent coming up through the ranks. They've
2: drafted Microsoft. That's right. That's an actually that's,
0: that's not great young talent. They signed an old Our veteran. Friend. There you go. <laughs> Let's gonna, see how it works out. was going to bring him into the title? Uh, Verizon had their earnings call day after AT&T reporting strong Q1 earnings, 27 billion dollars in revenue, 2.2 million iPhone activations. Not as strong as AT&T's 3.6 million. So, sold and also AT&T and Verizon combined sold less than a third of the iPhones shipped in the first quarter of 2011. So it shows that Apple's international business is carrying the weight as far as the amount of money they make. iPhones make up close to 50% of the revenue for Apple now and 60% of that revenue is coming from overseas. I'm
1: I'm just, well, this is, go ahead. This has always been Apple's strategy. Apple has always uh Apple has always intended this to be a global product. The U.S. wireless market is such a pain to deal with. No OEM, no phone manufacturer likes to deal with the U.S. wireless market. Uh, it's so much more. It's so much easier to make money in the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, but that's because we have done so much to preserve innovation and competition here.
2: Is that right? What, is that
0: what we do here? Wait, why is it so much easier to make money in the rest of the world, then? Because the telcos always tell me that.
2: Well, it's, we have the greatest consumer experience. I mean, I've seen that right. in AT&T's press releases all the time, right? And if we did anything to threaten that,
0: the market would just go into the toilet. Verizon CFO Fran Shammo, uh, during an earnings call, said the uh, fluctuation, uh, I believe, will come when in, in sales of the iPhone, will come when a new device from Apple is launched. He thinks Verizon will be on top then uh, and indicated that the next iPhone hitting the market would be a global device. Just casually mentions that, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a great idea. Oh, well, that's also going to be a global device. Yeah, while we're at it, Let's which keep- which makes sense. I mean, why would Apple Apple want to continue to make two different versions? They could have made this CDMA phone a world phone, couldn't they, Sasha?
1: Uh, they could have, but could they have with the size and shape and heat and power consumption they wanted? That's pretty much, it sounds like that's where, where it fell down. They couldn't find the chipset that provided the right size and heat and power consumption that was global.
0: Now, and I've heard that there's a Qualcomm chipset that they're rumored to be using that might have solved some of those issues now.
1: There's always a new generation of those Qualcomm global chipsets coming, and it may be that the most recent generation is a little smaller, and a little cooler, and finally fits into whatever form factor it is that uh, Apple wants. Now, well, I'm wondering, are they going to spank Verizon for this if, if Verizon actually leaked something?
0: It wouldn't be the first time Verizon said something like this uh, and and got away with it. I, I think Apple wants them enough as a partner that they're at least not going to spank them publicly. Well, I don't know.
2: What we, got. we have Sony saying, the head of Sony saying, oh, yeah, we're providing their cameras, 8 megapixels. Oh, we weren't supposed to say that. Yeah. And then there's the Verizon CFO saying, Oh no, somebody at Verizon saying, Oh yeah, we're gonna they're gonna have a world phone. It's like these leaks from the top. I expect no spanking in public, but what goes on in private between
0: two consenting public companies? In a boardroom with a very angry person in a turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's something Stuff of we'll, we'll never find out. On to the news fuse. <laughs> Neowind reports the Chrome netbooks will be released in June or July for purchase, but there's a twist. The Chrome netbooks will also be sold in a subscription-based model for $10 to $20 a month. You'd even get hardware refreshes as they are released. With a subscription.
2: That's kind of cool. Every notebook's your notebooks. So uh, in. Microsoft's been wanting to do this forever. Yeah, I think there's supposed to be cloud stuff in Windows 8. Uh, AT&T is moving forward with its purchase of T-Mobile by filing its paperwork with the FCC. This is just step one in the process for the merger as the deal has to pass a lot of FCC regulations. If you've been living under a rock for some reason, because uh, it's cozy, AT&T is paying $39 billion to acquire T-Mobile. And Sprint, by the way, is working to block the deal because this is obviously a bad thing for them.
0: Yesterday, we talked about the ACLU taking issue with Michigan State Police extracting data from cell phones during routine traffic stops. Michigan State Police now says the ACLU is off base. In a statement, the police said it only uses the extraction devices if a search warrant is obtained or if the person who owns the phone gives consent. And they point out you have to have the phone physically in your hand. So there's no way that you could get the data off the phone without the knowledge of the driver or the owner of the phone, I guess, unless they just pickpocketed if you
2: you don't want to give consent don't give consent that also will help according to an rbc capital capital uh, markets analyst only one capital there my stammer uh the blackberry playbook sold as many as 50,000 units on day one of its release rbc checked with 70 retail stores like best buy and radio shack to find hard facts to support its estimate due to these strong numbers rbc expects rim to ship half a million playbooks by the end of may i'm sure rim hopes the same thing
0: We don't know if this will make service cheaper, but Gamefly received a favorable ruling from the U.S. Postal Commission that might save the company $730,000 a month in mailing costs. Essentially, the commission ruled Gamefly should receive the same deal Netflix gets if they play by the same rules. As far as having an easy-to-see envelope and that type of thing, the rules will apply to anyone who wants to
2: send DVDs by mail. Sounds good. There is no online business too successful to prevent Google from attempting to imitate it. Google's coupon service offers is live starting in Portland, Oregon. You also have the ability to subscribe to deals in areas within New York City, Oakland and San Francisco. The sign up is live, but the service is launching soon. So figure out what that means. Citizens of of Portland can participate in the beta and get 50% off places they allegedly love.
0: Ivan Kaspersky, the son of Russian software giant Yevgeny Kaspersky, has disappeared in Moscow and may have been kidnapped. According to the BBC, authorities, including Russia's Secret Service, have been searching for Kaspersky for at least two days. Russian news website Life News reports that the kidnappers are demanding nearly $4.3 million for the safe return of the 20-year-old.
2: And the New York Times says digital subscribers have surpassed 100,000 less than a month after the publisher put up its web paywall. If all those subs stick around for a year, that's at least another $19.5 million in revenue for the newspaper. And it looks like it will need it. Revenues are down 3.6%, with ad revenue down 4.4%, and circulation dollars around 3.7%.
0: Did we miss one? No, we just swapped. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, Augmented reality Tetris games using a... Connect
2: hack. And this, a Wiimote.
0: This is, this is fantastic. So, and a Wiimote, exactly. Uh, now, they do play a lot of smooth jazz, so we're going to keep the, the sound down. Uh, but essentially, uh, this, is, this is a great little hack from a Trinity College student, uh, Kisosaurus, as he's known this, on YouTube. Uh, used some yeah, C Sharp, good. XNA, and OpenNI coding to play or to, to create this ability to play Tetris. Sasha, are you a Tetris fan? Isn't Everyone. Yeah, I, I think
1: I think there's very. I, are there any Tetris haters? But what I don't get is why does he need Connect and a Wiimote? Wouldn't it be Connect or a Wiimote? So what he's using the Wiimote
0: for is the rotation. Uh, he and he has Connect uh, tracking his body so that he can actually you know move uh, pieces around uh, separately. But the the rotation is what he's doing the the Wiimote. Well, So when, with- when he moves his hand, it it moves the blocks right and left. But he, I guess he couldn't figure out how to get a gesture to control the rotation, so he plugged the Wiimote in.
2: Yeah, if, if he actually turns and starts looking around, this is actually like a 3D representation of Tetris. So that's when he turns, the, the connect will track his head, and you can see the dimensions of the actual blocks. Uh, I'd imagine maybe he just was impatient. It's like, let's use an int- like something like a Wiimote to actually make this work, because otherwise you'd be using your hand and being... Like this, and using the Jedi stuff. That looks like a really
0: frustrating way to play yeah. Tetris. I, I'm usually, uh, I, I, can't, I can't turn the blocks fast enough as it is, just on, you know, even on an iPad but double tap.
2: But you could be like a ninja now.
0: Yeah. It'd give me carpal tunnels. What'd it do? It
2: could be two handed Tetris. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the calendar. The Verizon Fascinate. You guys are finally get the users of this phone will finally get Froyo today. Uh, tomorrow, April 22nd, is Earth Day. Citizens of other planets are advised to stay indoors during this shameless display of planetari- planetism. Yeah. So we have Sunday every week. So one Earth Day a year. All we right. have Moon Day on Monday, too. That's right. And we talk about Saturn. Yeah. Geez, on Saturday. Three
0: planets. Three planetary bodies. Well, Earth Day only gets one a year.
2: Come on. Every day should be Earth Day. That'd be confusing on the calendar. Asus E Pad Transformer, the laptop, not the alien robot, hits the United States in April 26th for $399. The Droid Charge on Verizon LTE goes on sale April 28th. Google AdWords is saying the HTC Sensation 4G is launching on June 8th in, on T-Mobile, and a report saying that the next version of Xbox and the next version of PlayStation will be launching in 2014 which is irrelevant because we'll all be dead by 2012. <laughs>
0: that's right. But, I, you know, I think that's it's, it's interesting that these sources, uh, this is a rumor, obviously, but these sources saying, yeah, we're not going to get a new Xbox or PlayStation uh, for a while. They're going to stick with it. I, I think they both feel they've refreshed it with motion control, move in Sony's instance, connect in Microsoft's uh, case. But Nintendo's coming out with a new Wii. That that sounds fairly for sure. that We'll, we'll see at least an announcement at E3, and... A lot of folks don't think that they can compete, even though these other lines haven't been refreshed.
2: Well, the Wii, the Wii 2, whatever they're going to end up calling it, this thing will, it's going to be using cheaper technology, theoretically. Because if they're using the same stuff the PS3 and Xbox was using, I mean, they, they had that five or six years. I don't even know how long it's been out. This stuff is obviously substantially cheaper now. So they'll finally be able to compete with this for a while, I mean, we're talking, what, three years before we see a refresh? Because Sony and Microsoft are... Just hanging on to this. They, and the other thing is, these games aren't even living up to the full potential of the devices yet. The best games are usually the last games that come out for those consoles. Like the last PS2 games looked amazing. First PS3 games, games not so hot.
0: The other interesting thing in the calendar there was the first thing you mentioned: Ver- Verizon Fascinate finally getting a Froyo update. I, well, we've got you here, Sasha. I'd like to get your opinion on the whole Android fragmentation issue. Why is it that we can't get all Android phones updated at the same time? When, when Apple can, can control when their phones get updated?
1: Well, there, there's, a, there's a string of reasons why the Android phones aren't getting updated, and it's this, compli- this com- combination of complicated factors. Number one, Google does not give the manufacturers the new code at the same time. Google plays favorites. Some manufacturers get it earlier. Then the manufacturers have to often put their own overlays or software over the uh, base Android. And then the carriers are also interfering and testing and doing various things and often inserting their own applications into the devices. So you have so many cooks in the mix um, that—and I guess it also just comes down to, for a lot of these guys, updates aren't a priority. Uh, The manufacturers and the carriers, for quite a while, have just treated updates as this annoying thing that kind of has to be done but is less fun than selling a new phone. And it's very, very different from Apple who want to keep product loyalty so they can keep uh, making money through the App Store, making money through iTunes. They don't necessarily need to sell everyone a new phone every year.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I can totally see carriers holding things up because they want to stick their own code in there. AT&T, probably the worst at, uh, of, the, of those at that. I can see the manufacturers. You know, I hadn't thought about that. You know, your Sense UIs and all of that. They've got to work with a, a new adaptation. But I... Uh, I had not heard about the practice of giving different manufacturers the code at different times. We obviously see that with tablets, uh, but that happened. Why do they do that? Why don't they hand out Android to everybody at once? Apple gives all the different carriers in the world iOS at the same time, don't they?
1: Uh, Yes, but Google has that middle row of, (coughs) excuse me, Of the manufacturers, of the OEMs. And so what Google typically does is they anoint a particular manufacturer to do the perfect first Android phone. Like the Motorola Droid was for 2.0. And like the Nexus S was for 2.3. And so Motorola or Samsung got the code early and everyone else had to wait.
0: That makes sense. So, so that's it. It's because it's because of the
2: manufacturers being in the mix. Apple is the manufacturer. Yeah, so if you want to actually have actual Android stuff keep up to date, you should yeah. buy one of those Nexus phones, I guess. Well, that, that that's
0: very enlightening. Thank you, Sasha. I really appreciate your insight on that. Uh, also, uh, today is Judgment Day, by the way. Is it? Skynet went online two days ago, and today is the day that. The terminators come down and start wiping us off. So out. we
2: again we still will not have the new Xbox. Right. Actually okay. that explains a lot. My drive up here was really strange. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> On to
0: the emails, TNT at twit.tv. Uh we got one from Brian who says I wanted to share some information that is somewhat related to the brief net neutrality discussion from Tuesday. Uh, here in Maine, there's been a project underway called Three Ring Binder. That may be a good first step for ways of fostering more competition with ISPs. The company doing this is Maine Fiber Company. They provide vendor-neutral, middle-mile fiber-optic facilities. They can also provide other organizations with fiber-optic facilities for whatever businesses need that they may have. It's a very interesting story about how the company was formed as a result of a federal grant from the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. Uh, more information is available on their About and History pages. Uh, just thought you guys might find this interesting. And and this actually goes with what we were talking about on Triangulation yesterday as well. It's a different show that Leo Laporte and I do. Uh, we had Tom Poser, who's uh, an activist in San Francisco, trying to get the city of San Francisco to do just this because they have all this fiber in the ground that they own. And, and it's like, you should take that and start, Leasing
2: it and And providing access. This idea that they're doing in Maine, that it's vendor neutral so that you can actually like switch carriers. Like okay, I don't like what you're doing, but they don't have to reinstall anything. You already have the fiber. You just switch carriers and that would be a great thing. I mean that lets the market operate the way it's supposed to. This is actually similar to what the EU was trying to do. They're saying, Look, if ISPs are lousy, people will switch. But this is the kind of thing that has to happen in the United States. You have to have the infrastructure first. And what Maine? I'm just kind of surprised Maine, of all states, is doing. What are you this. got against Maine? I'm just surprised. That's all. I didn't say I have nothing against Maine. Land Listeners, Stephen viewers, King. I'm just surprised. Great I really crabs. Wish, I wish this would happen in California. And we got another email from Dan in Arizona. We shouldn't act surprised that the PSP Go was treated as a consumer unfriendly experiment. Sony did a really similar thing with the PSX in 2003. While a commercial failure, they took the interesting parts, the XMB, out to reuse, much like they've done with the Go's design. If you guys don't remember the PSX, it was Mm -hmm. this DVR PS2, I think. So it's kind of a hybrid thing that didn't do so well. I had to look it up on Wikipedia. So uh, (laughs) Sony just trying experiments in public, apparently. There you go. Consumers, enjoy the PSP Go for the 10 minutes before we cancel it. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us today. I really
0: appreciate it. I hope we'll be able to have you back. I'd love to come back. Thanks a lot. And uh, let folks know uh, what you're doing over there at PCMag and how they can read your work.
1: Well, we've, uh, we're always covering all the hot smartphones and all the hot mobile news at PCMag.com. If you go down to PCMag.com, uh, you can generally click on uh, the most recent column I wrote on our homepage. Click through to everything I'm writing about mobile. And uh, always look on PCMag.com uh, for what we think of the latest phones.
0: And thanks, everybody, uh, for watching as well. You can find us on the web, twit.tv slash TNT. You can email us, TNT at twit.tv, or give us a call 260-TNT-SHOW. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.